Welcome back to another Two Black Runners presented by The Running Report. And today, I will be your host, Aaron Potts, a.k.a. Super Hot Potts, co-host of Two Black Runners. You know, usually on these, we have Joshua hosting and leading, but we're going to switch it up today. I'm going to be interviewing the one and only Joshua Potts, founder, creator, and CEO of The Running Report of Two Black Runners and Rosie Project. Now, some of y'all have been with us since the beginning, since Rosie Project. So you guys have a good idea about Joshua, but Joshua just released a vlogumentary. Catch it out there. It's It just got released. Today is Thursday. That's when y'all should be hearing this. But it's going to go through his whole 2019 of cross country at Mount Sac. And you know, I want to give y'all a little inside scoop. I want y'all to get to know my bro like I know him. He's been through a lot, and it shaped him through it, through his running career, through all the ups and downs. So today, yeah, sit back and relax. Like always, we're going to have a good one, and you're going to get inside the mind of the CEO of Running Report, of the creator, the founder, the editor. You know, he's a, he's a jack of all trades. So Joshua Potts, how you doing, bro? What's good, bro? I'm doing. I'm doing good. I'm kind of relieved. I get to be on here on the other side of things. For one, it's still two black runners. I think it's still going to be a discussion at the end of the day. Like our interviews, I feel like always coming to that point. But it feels kind of good to be on this side, bro. I I just added another class, so like, uh, so like I have I have uh, more classes now than I did at the beginning of the semester. So life's kind of hectic right now, to say the least. So like, it's, it's a kind of a relief to not have to like host and have to think about what I'm trying to say and. I'm yeah. just going to be able to sit back and get this deeper dive. But especially uh, also with the Rosie Project vlogumentary for the next 12 weeks on the running report every single Thursday, I'm going to be showcasing my 2019 and 2020 uh, cross country and track season. And I, I think it's really just I think it's just kind of just cool. It's always cool to, to, to hear a story and just to, be, to present a story like that. And that's where we really got our start on the YouTube was doing things like that, like a like a vlog. And to edit it in this type of way and having different viewpoints from people people on my team, I think really makes it better and something that's different that YouTube hasn't seen before, to be honest. Yeah. And, and what's crazy is like, you know, you kind of been doing this for some time now. You started your senior year yeah. of high school, which was uh, what year? Uh, year 2017. So I you think... graduated in 2017. Yeah. So I, I, it should almost be, it's almost three years, like to the day to where the youtube channel started so it's pretty crazy like three years i've already i've already passed like as it, honestly it's crazy that i'm in my third year of college like college is almost over for me so yeah it's it's wild we've been doing this for a minute it's really has and you know i've been seeing you like you said i'm big bro so i've been seeing you grow up from the beginning and it's been awesome just to see your growth and running and school and men- mentally and spiritually like i feel like you're definitely got you got your head on your shoulders and you're headed in, in the right direction. Um, but I just want to ask quick too, like, what do you think it what do you think it is about these personal these personal um things you do? Cause like we do two black runners, we do the running report mm-hmm. and we're reporting track and field news and having guests. But like you said, you got your started on this Rosie project and people developed a love for basically these characters on kind of this yeah. running reality show and now you're doing it with this vlogumentary what do you think it is um just about not 
not not only your story but just like vlogs and running that really draws people in and and honestly i feel like it gives them inspiration i think number one is all like bro i feel like i've grown up on youtube but youtube was started in 2005 and i remember just being younger like back in like 2006 2007 like first getting like start watching youtube and then naturally as i started watching youtube more and more i started watching like vlog channels and vlog channels got big and i feel like it naturally gets big because it just brings you into like someone's daily life and i feel like that's really perfect for running just in general because like whichever level i know a lot of people have said this like professionals have said this like whichever level you're at like you kind of still have the same struggle in an essence like every single track and field runner isn't usain bolt or yeah. uh allison felix like not on that type of level so we all have that same like level of struggle and everything that goes in through in that end of the day and i just feel like especially with running and especially with cross country in general is like if I, f I still feel like if you watch youtube like a lot like you're a weirdo and there's a lot of weirdos in cross country to say Most the least definitely. so like it's easy to connect to those characters and especially the group of characters that i had like my senior year and well just all my years in high school cross country like we were actually just watching uh like some videos with a couple of my friends that were that were on like rosie project like this past weekend and just laughing about it and everything like that it, it was such it was such a fun time to be honest just a to go through that with those guys and like those really my brothers at the end of the day my extended yeah. family you know and, and it's it's awesome that you guys have those memories like stored that you can see yeah. and other people enjoyed them as well and were inspired about them and like you're saying like anyone that's ran distance or cross country like you automatically connect and you can relate because it's a certain it's just definitely a certain type of person um for real but before we get a little be different deeper, yeah, yeah, you definitely got to be different. All characters welcome. That's what we used to say when I was on Roosevelt's cross-country team. But before we get a little bit deeper, like, I wanted to ask you, like, we've been doing two black runners. This is, I think this is episode number 31. So mm -hmm. we've been yeah. doing that for some time. Like you said, you've been doing Rosie Project, running report. You transferred to Mount Sac. COVID hit. You got some things uh, with our high school coach that happened. There's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of yeah. stresses. The election... A lot of stresses that are coming on you and while you're like running and going to school you're also pursuing this dream with the running report and two black runners how have you balanced all of that in the year 2020 to be honest with you bro i don't know i honestly i don't i don't know like the only uh the best answer i can give to you is like really just like having faith in god and having faith that like things will continue on to be honest like I always tell myself like when I'm running cross country, when I have to go do like my 105 minute run on Sundays, bro. I always just have faith that oh, I'm gonna be able to run an 800 again in a race. Like I'm gonna be able to run an 800, I'm gonna be able to run a 15. Like I think just having faith that like better days are ahead and I can still keep on getting better in like these hard times definitely like keeps me going. And like staying in some type of routine has always been like key for me. I feel like since being little. So to be able just to be able to get up every single morning, go run, then do some homework, uh, get to work on some running report stuff, post something on uh, running report IG, work on the podcast, like do all these different things just keeps me like intact and know that like, bro, I'm getting better. Even like getting further and like I was the last thing I binge watched was Sister Sister, like getting to that second season. I'm finishing this second season today. Like that's just it, it, it helps me 
better myself every single day even though it may just be like sister sister something silly like that but like it's something that i just keep on trying better myself i feel like every day it's like it's non-stop yeah it sounds like you're living you're living with intention in everything you do and you're more mm. focused on your process and that personal development more than anything and i feel like you know if you're grounded in that and grounded in your face like it makes it makes those challenging times um a little bit easier but before we, before we get in that too because we have a lot we want to touch on that with the running this might be a long podcast y'all because this is my bro so I, I i i got some questions it's all in and out but he's gonna, I wanna, lay, it out. He's gonna lay it on you yeah i'm gonna lay it on him you, you know he might start crying at, he might start crying you know what? so i got the deep i got the deep questions bruh Y'all know y'all haven't seen me as the host now. I'm wild as the host. <laughs> but also what I was going to mention is I want to give these guys the preview, the the whole story of Joshua Potts, because some of them might not know that me and Joshua, we come from a big track family. My dad set out uh, with the with the dream of making sure all of his kids were able to go to college on a scholarship to get some support so we could get that education. And he found that uh, through club track and club track and field. So we all grew up on that club scene. And Joshua was the kid that was at the practice, you know, always wanted to run with his brothers. Like this guy used to cry because our coach Carlton wouldn't <laughs> let him run. But I wanted to ask you, Joshua, when was that moment that you knew that track and field is what you want to do, that you wanted to be a part of it? Was there Was there a moment or was it just always like that because you saw us doing it? I, there was never a moment. I feel like I've seen that question on here um, before we started. And I'm thinking like, I feel like there never was a moment uh, that I feel like track and field was for me. I think if you would ask me like three years old, what do you want to be when you grow up? Say, I want to be a track star. That's always been my thing, honestly. Like, I feel like my first memories, it, it's like, it's just, I've always loved sports from, from the get-go. I, I feel like right when I came out the womb, it was definitely sports, WWE, and Blue's Clues. Like, that's what, that's what I loved, like, straight out the gun. And so, like, when – and track and field was always one of those sports. It was football, basketball, and track and field. And track and field was definitely number one as a little kid. Seeing Caleb run the 800 when I was, like, five years old and seeing you run the th- – seeing that you run the 3000 David throw the shot put it was all like I can do those things too and like I want to do those things too and be involved in those type of ways and it was always it was just always I want to be a track athlete so if it was if we're at if I was watching you guys run like I wanted to run if I was at home I wanted to like play like I was running like literally we talked about this on the pod before like I would run back and forth in the hallway acting like I was doing a relay or something like that or I would look in the mirror pretend imagining that I'm running in a marathon at the Olympics or something like that like that's that's the fun that I had being a track runner opposed to a lot of kids probably uh playing cops and robbers or uh what's it called uh or like playing football or something like that I just really wanted to run I feel like yeah and what what I what I noticed from you from the beginning was that you were very you were always very focused and you were willing to do anything that you you needed to do um to take it to the next level you've always been a very coachable athlete like you're gonna do whatever your coaches says plus more um how was it growing up though as the youngest and in the family of all these and you have all these you know caleb caleb was was a star you know david was killing it i was i was decent i wasn't really that good but what was it like? Did you feel 
pressure being the youngest or just what was the experience like? Well, like you, what are you talking about? You were good. Like, what are you, <laughs> you talking about just like a club, but just, a, you were good. You at the state, like, come on. I'm talking about, I'm talking about in club track. I wasn't nice or nothing in, in club. club. I was, I was, okay. I was average in club track. Especially uh, for me uh, growing up, it was really like, I wanted to, I, it was always, I wanted to do what you guys did, but better. Like, that's what, it, that's what it was really like for me. And I feel like that would be for anybody. But I think down the road, I kind of learned that. Uh, this is my own journey too but especially when i was a kid like i don't really feel like it was even like pressure like i wouldn't consider like it was pressure maybe until like later down later down the line but especially as a kid it was really just like if okay like i, I don't know if this is true but maybe like when i was 12 years old i, I ran like a 400 in like um maybe like 58 or something. I probably ran faster than 58, probably like 56. And then dad would be all like, you know, Caleb ran, ran 50, 53 or something. And I'll be like, oh dang, I got to run 53 now. Like it was just, it was just like that. Or if I ran a 600 and I was running like 114, it was like Caleb was running 114 at this age. I'm like, I'm on the right track. I got to get better and better. It was really, it's, it, it kind of sucks being the youngest because you're getting bullied most of the time and you got to play a lot of catch up. But I feel like that's the joy of being the youngest too. Cause since you're playing that catch up all the time and since you're getting bullied all the time, like people see a lot of potential in you and they see you. I felt like I was the prodigy always. And that's what I, that was my, that was my chip on the shoulder that like I, I would build for this. It's my time. Last one, best one. That's, that's how I always felt. I feel that. I mean, I still feel like you're the prodigy, bro. Still like you feel like you're the prodigy. I feel like, yeah, I feel like you're, you have your, you have the right mentality. So, do you, did you ever, do you ever feel? I was gonna save this question for later, but do you ever feel like some of the things you're going through is preparing you for something? Uh, I most definitely, I most definitely do. I, I feel like, yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, uh, I think I've been through the things that I've been through that I think will, will definitely get through in the pod have been sometimes feel like minuscule minuscule to me like they don't seem like that big of a deal because I feel like uh I almost like uh shove them off in a way like I just keep on moving forward and like I said like I'm a person of routine so like I feel like I feel like I've always been like non-stop to be honest but like there's definitely times where like I have to slow like myself down I think and really just like like think about things and reflect on how everything is going. And then once you start thinking about those things, that's, that's when I started getting philosophical, especially like to my friends and stuff and like starts preaching to them. Like you gotta, you gotta look on those things and really, and I think that helps me get forward in life too, to just be able to look back and like reassess and then, then to move forward and not just keep on going all the time. Yeah. And going back to the club track. So in club track, you had, you had a, you had a great time. Like you have fun. You were on some, good teams you made the junior olympics a couple times and did your mm -hmm. thing and like you said like you were a prodigy coming in you were you you were the prodigy of the family like everyone was rooting for you you know to do your thing at that next yeah. level that next step in high school coming off of and and you know at your high school roosevelt caleb had the record in the 800 and then i was just coming off of i had the record and i was just coming off like you're saying make it to the state and then David was football star, uh, discus athlete. So what was your mentality like going into high school? Oh, I'm about to take over. I'm, I'm about to take over. Going into high school, I'm all like, bro, I'm going to run 151. I'm going to win state like my like my junior year, uh, probably win national senior year. That was, that was my mentality. Like, I'm, I'm going to take over. I remember uh, 
I because because like even just growing up like in that system because we because all the all the uh usually like some kids like they move around a lot like we didn't really after 2006 we didn't move we're in the same city that whole time so like the same friends that have second grade i still have those same friends like today and so when when we went to like middle school i was at the middle school track me and i hold the 800 meter record there at my middle school i had i hold the 800 meter record at my elementary school like the elementary school meet too as well so i was always like the track kid like joshua potts he does track like you also like i was also good in football and basketball at least on the playground but it was like oh yeah that kid runs track and so it was especially like dang now it's time for me to put on put on for it's, it's time to put my money where the mouth where my mouth is bro like i've been saying all these years like i'm good at track like, i was i was ready to go and just i was super excited especially going to like freshman year i was all like all right i gotta break i gotta break caleb's uh 800 meter uh freshman record which is 159 I, I ended up running 201 which it was pretty disappointing but it was all like it, it was always like I, i'm i'm gonna put on and just really just run as fast as i can every single time i get on the track to be honest yeah honestly I, I felt the same way going into high school with caleb already being there doing his thing when i got there i was like all right let's go like dang mm. dang dang ready Laying ready, like they about to go. They yeah. about to see a whole nother, a whole nother version. I know I wasn't ready to be winning state like my freshman year, but I was like, I'm gonna make, a, I'm gonna make an impact immediately. So your freshman year, you ran 201. Sophomore year, I believe you, you, you were riddled with injuries and you had a lot of coaching yeah. changes in, in college. When was that first? When was that first injury and what was it like? Uh, handling that I first got injured in my freshman year uh, that's in freshman year uh in in track I injured my my hip that was well that was like the first time I injured my hip and I remember I had to like sit out and like the end of cross-country season I remember I barely missed the varsity team and like I didn't even try out I didn't even run summer summer cross and so I barely missed the varsity team and I was pretty disappointed but like after not running summer cross and barely missing it was cool and then we ran like a mild time trial and I remember I ran like I ran like uh, like 449 like in December or something like that and so I was I was hyped going into track season and I remember I, I hurt my I hurt my hip and then like our first my first time I finally raced was like in like in March like a little bit later than everyone else I ran like five flat so it wasn't really where I wanted to be but going into like that first like major injury and like still getting to like that 201 following following two seconds off where I really wanted to be uh that season it was still like it was still it was still wasn't disappointing to me and like being injured was always i've been injured a lot and i've had a lot of setbacks but every single time i got injured it was always like all right now it's time to do core like this is a time where i'm gonna get my core right like i'm, I'm my my abs are gonna be are gonna be just a straight six pack like that's what that's what it turned into because or now i'm gonna just get my hips super strong right now because i don't want this to happen again it was really just putting my energy into onto something else by the time i got injured because there's nothing I can't I can't run like there's nothing else I can do so might as well rest and get better in some other area for sure. Yeah, and I also also that's that's great that that is how you come back and that's how you stay focused um, to to get ready for that yeah. that next race or when you do come back. I also feel like with your injuries too, there was always that constant battle of because you because you were running like the four. You were just some sprints in club, and mm -hmm. when you got when you got to, you know, I think your eighth grade year, you started running for Corona Panthers. They were a little bit more distance, and then running on cross country and track. So, what was it like always 
kind of like battling like am i a four eight guy or i'm a distance yeah. guy because i feel like that that like constantly was like a battle on who who you're gonna be trained by yeah it was always it was always weird and but that really goes back to what uh i remember i first started i start first started running the eight when i was uh i believe when i was nine years old so i was nine and ten that's when i first started running the eight and like the 15 and that's where my where dad first established my base like i remember running two miles from the house like first it was just doing it slow then first then it was next like all right i want you to tempo this i was like i don't know what a tempo is so i'll just go out fast and die then eventually i learned how to pace myself and then like after that year when i was 10 years old i started running like four eight and that's when i was able i was 10 years old and i ran i think i ran a 62 400 or something like that and there's guys on my team's running 60 at 10 and then that's when and then i took a year off from running and then 11 years old that's when I really started like running. I started running really good 15s and everything. And then I started running, running really good 15s. And then when I was 12. Uh, I was actually, I was number four in the nation at that point in 800. And I was running good 15s. And then I started running cross country when I was 12 as well. And then we went back to running the four and the eight when I was 14 for my final year of club to get on a four by four team. And then like I go back to running cross country when I started high school. And then we switched back senior year to four and eight. So it was definitely just interesting. Just like, I, I felt like those, some of the moves I didn't like, especially like my senior year, I didn't like going to the four and the eight, but it was always just all like, if this is what I got to do to be better, or if this is my situation, what I got to do, like, I'm, I'm going to do it to my best ability. It was really just trying to adapt to the situation. Like, I'm a fully – once I got into cross country, like, my freshman year, well, first when I was on Corona Panthers when I was 12, and especially my freshman year, I was like, I'm, I'm all in on this, bro. I'm all in. Like, I'm going to try and be on the varsity team. Like, if I can be the fastest, like, I'm going to try and be the fastest. Like, I was I was all in on it. If I was running the 400, I'm going to try and compete and get on this 4 by 4 like, if, at the end of the day. So it was really just – trying it was at times it was hard to shift your focus because sometimes you wanted to be somewhere else when you don't really want to be there but it was just at the end of the day like you you have to shift your focus and be ready for that next battle yeah i mean and and that's all you really that's all you can really do you can focus all all your energy into one place instead of just worrying about the outside things and what people are saying um also like uh, we haven't got to this yet, but your high school team, you had a, coming into, you guys had a, a bunch of club people on your team. Yeah. Like it, it wasn't, it wasn't just you coming in. You had a whole bunch of people that came with the Corona Panthers and very early on, you guys were always, ever since you were in high school, your guys' team was always one of the best, best in the state. Uh, what was it like to be a part of a team like that? And how did you become a leader on that team? Bro, I don't even know how I became the leader. Like honestly, I, I don't I don't really don't know. I think it just came like naturally. But first off, just being like on that team, it was always just it was always just cool to just know that, especially like Raymond and, and Tyler Raymond Ornelas and Tyler Spencer, like these dudes are fast. Like I can always count on these dudes and then to have them in practice. Well, especially like freshman year, Raymond was like way super far ahead of us. But just to know that like we're training with this guy day in and day out and he's running 924 two miles and and as a freshman was all like we can not to not not that i'm gonna run 924 two mile but like we can be on that level like we have that same ability in us and i remember freshman year and, and like it was really it was really evident like 
uh, the Mount Sac course. We have the freshman course record there, and we destroyed it by like two minutes. And like that was that's one of the most historic co courses in California and probably the whole country. So that was a really big deal. And I remember like the IE championships and Empire Championships, we swept the whole thing, whole thing and went one through five. And like that was a really big moment for us. Cause like when you think about that, like bro, any of us could have won that big invitational, which is a big invitational in our county. So like to just go through that and to go through with those same guys that are I consider like definitely my best friends like to this day. It was it was always it was always fun to be able to like to train with them day in and day out and like to really push push each other to to the next level to be honest and yeah and you guys i know i've seen you guys grow up man since seventh or seventh or sixth grade running yeah. um and always yeah always competing up there with the best and you know for our, our rosie project fans and listeners it's like yeah you got some characters on the team there's all funny Girl. guys you know shout out matthew you know shout out raymond shout out tyler moises like a whole nice. bunch yeah really really the homies but going into going into your, your senior year that's when you decided to create the rosie project how did that how did that come to be uh it really started because i think it really started because we've seen the dude uh some people may know if you've been on youtube for a minute around at least the running scene this guy ryan tran he was doing running videos and stuff and i'll just say this he was doing running videos and we saw this and all of our guys seen this and we're like bro like low-key this this is kind of, this isn't that good this is <laughs> we're like man this might get a lot of views we could do better than this that's i don't know why i don't know why we thought that for like bro we could do better than th what this guy is doing like right now and so that and we we always said like we wanted to do like stuff like some things i don't know just like outrageous things like things you think about when you're on a 10 mile run like you know people just say that we want to do this do that and then but we never do anything and so i was just kind of all like bro let's actually do this like i'm gonna bring this camera to cif this year during cross country because that's when i and, and cross country too that year that's when i tore my when i tore my meniscus that was my biggest injury and so like i was all like bro like we've been talking about doing this youtube channel i really got nothing to do right now besides core work because i'm out for like these next two months so i'm gonna start this youtube channel and then after that day, it was all like, especially right there, it was like, all right, every single week, let's try and put out a YouTube video. And from the beginning, like from that point, like people were messing with it. I, I don't, I, I don't know why, but they, they connected and they're able to mess with it. It, it was pretty cool to be honest. Yeah, and you guys honestly started a, a movement. Like more people started making, like uh, Maranatha project. Like people just started making projects and making vlogs. And now we just see how much you know what's with spencer brown uh zach levitt like how much like the running running vlog scene on youtube has really really has like exploded and yeah. taken off and I, and I don't think it's gonna slow down anytime soon especially with covid but i also wanted to just talk about too like, yeah you started rosie project and it really did blow up that year but you were going through a through a hard times with you tore your meniscus that year and then you mm. ended up switching your training back to 4-8 because you didn't have that base that you had in cross country can you talk about just how did you how did you get through all of that and where was your mind at that was one of the, that was like the first well probably that was like the second time in like track like for sure that like 
I was really just like frustrated with like running at like that point. When I tore my meniscus, cause that all that season, senior year in cross country, I was having back problems. And it was just so frustrating. I was I was having back problems in races and sometimes we'd be doing workouts and then my shins would just be on fire. I wouldn't be able to finish the workouts. Like it was just frustrating that I'm having like these guys that I feel like shouldn't be beating me who are like uh, sophomores and juniors. I'm all like, bro, like this is my last year. Like I'm better than these guys. And then like finally, like before league finals, before league finals, I have my first like best race of the season. Like. I'm finally getting back to normal. My back's not hurting as much. And then like literally like the week of league finals, we go on a run and just my knee just starts like clicking. And then my knee over the next week, my knee just starts like popping out of place and stuff. And I'm all like, bro, like this isn't, this isn't okay basically. And so that's when I tore my meniscus and it was really, that's when I tore my meniscus. I lost on my base and it was all like, all right. My dad was telling me and the coaches were telling me, yeah, you got to go over we're going to have you go over to sprints and do the four and eight. And that was like the, one of the first times, like for sure, for sure. Like I really did not want to do that. Like I, I didn't want to go over to sprints. Like I wanted to change my training. Cause I knew I didn't have the same, the same fitness that I had, but I wanted, I wanted like 800 specific training, like the, the type of sprint training that we were doing, I knew wasn't going to be congruent with my training because they were, were going out the sprinters I'm not trying to throw shade, but like they would just do like three, three, four 300s, four 300s, like 15 minute rest in between each one. I'm like, bro, I don't, first off, I don't need 15 minutes rest. Like, come on now, I don't need 15 minutes rest. And then just plus like, it was, it just wasn't beneficial for me just going from running 40, 40, 50 miles in cross country that season to 10 just wasn't helping me at all. And it was, it was so frustrating because my, my coaches wouldn't work together and I do understand that some people will be all like, well, you got to listen to your coaches. Like you're, you're not the boss. You're not the boss of your coaches. They're the ones that are going to tell you what to do. But it's also to the fact of the matter, which was really struggling to me. And this may just be an ego thing too. I, I can understand if you want to come from that angle, but it's all like, bro, I've been, I've been the captain of the cross country team since I was, man, I, I look, you sound arrogant, but like, this is, this is how I felt. This is how I felt. Like I was the captain, I was the captain of the cross country team sophomore year. And I was the captain of the, from sophomore year to senior year, I was the captain of the track team, at least junior year, uh, junior year and senior year. And the fact that like, I have zero say, and like, I have to pick a side between the sprint team and the distance team was really just like, what's, what's going on right now? Like, why is this, there's so animosity between the distance and the sprints? Why am I being like, people are they're just getting, they're getting mad at me because I want this to be a certain way. Like at the end of the day, like you're coaching me to get to this next level. I've been running since I was five years old. Now I'm really sounding arrogant. Like I've been running since five years old. Like I kind of know my body. I know what's going on. And the fact that you're going to dismiss me, is kind of just like, it, I felt like disrespected in a sense, but at the end of the day, it was all like, okay, I'm, I'm over here on the sprint side. Let me do what I can do. And I did in the PR by like 0.2 at the end of the year, but like it still was definitely not what I wanted to be honest. And I, I lost a lot of fitness, but that was really the first time that I was like, I had to like, I was really frustrated about track. Like I was really, really frustrated about things that were happening. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I don't think you sound arrogant. You sound like an adult because like once you, once you start, I mean, that was your senior year. So you're like 17 years old, you know, getting ready mm-hmm. to turn 18, whatever. So like, once you start becoming an, a, an adult, 
you're able to look at these adults like you know like straight up like you know you have some idea of what is best for you you know you ain't Mm -hmm. just gonna listen to listen you know at the end of the day once we're once you're all adults and you know how to look at look out for yourself you have to because if you don't like nobody nobody will to an extent in my opinion so i don't think that's arrogant i think that's you maturing um in into a a man and, and being able to realize that you know superiors can make mistakes and sometimes it's not always about running sometimes it's about it's about egos and politics and not only that like this was happening your last year in high school when you're trying to trying to run as fast as you can so you can get to that college that you want to that you want to go to how how was it handling that that pressure pressure as well that was that was super hard it was super hard and especially uh going towards the end of that season because in the cross country season when i was hurt i was able to go up to state uh with the team and stuff and that's the time i emailed like long beach at that time and i was i was playing on my plan was like all right go to go to cross country season be able to run like a 156 and be able to get on the long beach team like i, I got into the school and everything and it was all like all right the end of the season Got to run like a 156 and get it done. And But I just, I wasn't running fast. I wasn't running fast times. I, I still hadn't broke like two by the end of the season. And I remember uh, league finals came around. This is this may be my last last time to run an 800 or I'm just going to do all comers. But I have to get it done this day. And I go out there. I run a, what I, I run a two, I ran two flat or 159. I don't remember, but. I knew I didn't make it to the next round, so I didn't have another chance to run. And like, bro, I was devastated. Like, I cried. I cr- I was crying on the infield, and like, it sucks to be the captain of the team and like crying because you feel like the captain's supposed to be the fastest guy. The captain's supposed to be that everybody looks up to. But like, I was never the fastest guy on the cross country team. I was never the fastest guy on the on the track team per se. But I, I was always like, uh, I my coaches would say I was a natural leader. I led by example, and like. I showed up every single day, day in, day out, no matter if it was 5.30 a.m. practice, 5 p.m. practice, or anything like that. So, like, it, it just – it was really devastating to just – to know that – to know I wanted things to go a different way. Like, I felt like I had the plan and then not have my plan, like, go to go the way it wanted. That was really frustrating. So, like, I've always wanted to just – from that point on, I always kind of want to do things. Like, I don't want to – I don't want all things my way, especially I don't want that because I know that's not – especially if that's not God's plan for me, but like to really, to really, I want to do, I want to, I know what I want now more than anything, especially from that year. And that's the things that since I know what I want, like, that's what I want to get. You know what I mean? And that's not, I mean, just like, in like you said, it's more of an adult way of thinking. Like I know, I know what to look out for, especially after that senior year. Yeah. 100%. And yeah, what's crazy what you're saying is, you know, you're talking about all these trials and tribulations that you've gone through, but at the same time, like you you were still a leader on your team and someone that people look to. And that's mm-hmm. I think that just shows that there's something special about the way you operate. There's something different about the way you operate and about who you are. And that's why I think people are drawn to you. But on top of that, 
while this is going on, Rosie Project is 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 popping. You know, <laughs> Rosie Project is popping Bro. while you're going through all these injuries and all these changes. And like, honestly, you made your guys' team like you guys were like local celebrities. Like you guys would go track meets and cross country meets, and people would be like a Joshua from from Rosie Project. Like, what what was that like? And did you ever imagine that it would get to that point to where you guys had a you guys had a video that has like had like a hundred k views in the elimination mile. So you yeah. got and Raymond and Raymond and Tyler were were killing it. You guys, your guys' distance team was killing it. So wherever you guys went, people knew who you guys were, and you guys started a movement. So what was that like, bro? That was crazy to really like. We kind of were like celebrities, bro. We were kind of were like like definitely like CIF legends. I would feel like I think people. I think there's definitely going to be kids. Uh, there's definitely going to be people out there today. Like they're going to look back on cross country one day, like 20 years from now in California during like the late 20, 2020s. And they're going to be all like, bro, like you remember Rosie project? You remember that YouTube channel? Like people would be doing their ice baths. Like we've seen like people like doing their ice baths and stuff like from other high schools, like watching Rosie project, like at practice and stuff like that. Like it was really, it people really loved what we were doing. And especially like in Southern California, cause it connected, it connected so well. And, and to be at that time, like we were number five in the nation in cross country. So to be like that high in a level and then to see like an inside of us. And like, I feel like we're definitely like, cause we're, uh, especially where we grow up like in Eastfield, like it's really diverse. So I feel like the fact that we're really diverse, like I was, I was, I was black. Everybody else is pretty much Mexican. Then Matthew's white. Like it's, and then oh Tyler's a black and Honduran. Like it's really, it's just different. Like it's a really just like different team, and it just shows. Like it's, it looks like California. It, it looks like cross country. I feel like it was a perfect mix. But to have people to go to meets and people want to take pictures with us and like buy stuff from us too is like it was, it was. It was cool. It was cool, bro. That's the best way you could put it, I guess. Yeah, like I remember too. I, I, I went to work when I was working at Running Warehouse. I worked at Arcadia, and a kid came up and he was like, "Aren't you Joshua Potts's brother?" <laughs> and I was like, "Dang, bro, this man got it like that. This bro, man got it you. like this man got it like that. Like they recognized me through him." I was yeah, like, "I ain't crazy. even really been on the Rosie Project that much. I've been on maybe one episode." I was like, "Dang." Yeah. I was like, "That's." that's wild that's wild people were people were down with it people were down with it for sure but after you guys are all so you guys all dispersed and you know it's college time so uh tyler and raymond end up going uh to cal state long beach along with moises and i believe one other with wayne one of your teammates that was the school you you really wanted to go to and and it didn't work out how did you how did you end up at csun uh, CSUN was just all like it was sort of it was sort of a last minute thing to be honest. Dad kind of just reached out to like the CSUN coach, and then I ended up talking uh, to Coach Brock, Coach Coach Brock on the on the phone one day, and he was like, "Yeah, we'd love you to come here, took a visit to CSUN and everything like that." And it came down to like three, like I think it was like Long Beach and then Cal State San Marcos at that time too. But it was really like uh, CSUN San Marcos and then go to a JC and. It was really like I seen CSUN, especially at that time. Like I, I could see myself in the next four years there. They had a I wanted to be a physical therapist at that time. Well, I still kind of want to do physical therapy. I wanted to do physical therapy, and they had a physical therapy program. And I was like, Dad, this upcoming coach, Coach Brock, 
and then especially with like Michael Merchan that was there he was killing it in like the 15 and they had good 800 guys year in and year out at that time and so it was really like bro like I can I can see myself next four years and finish this out especially still be in the big west with Moises uh, Tyler and Raymond be able to compete with them like all the time like that would be it would be a great time yeah and and you guys ended up having you know you went through another coaching change that's similar like what you dealt at roosevelt and your whole life but you it happened to you again with brock who really had a plan for you um since since you were like transitioning from that you you started uh yeah you guys had a coaching coaching change and i believe did you did you yeah you got like hurt that year or you weren't were you doing cross country yeah the plan was the red shirt uh cross the rest the whole entire i think the entire time the plan was the red shirt cross because how low of mileage i was doing and like i, I knew i think brock knew i wasn't be able to survive like an ak but then after brock left then our sprint coach took over it was really i think there was it was there was sort of uncertainty if i was gonna red shirt or not but then i ended up getting hurt like in the middle of the season well, towards like the end, I hurt my, uh, I got sh- like, I got really bad shin splints. I was thinking that it was a stress fracture at one point, but I even had to run on like an anti-gravity chamber and stuff like the anti-gravity uh, treadmill and everything like that. So like, that was just like, it was just, it was really just another battle, bro. Like, I was like, I've been hurt before. Like I've been down this road, time to get the abs in. It's time that, that's when, that was the most pushups I got up to. I was doing like 300 pushups and like, 500 sit-ups like a day and stuff like that so it was really just like uh it's time to get ready for track season bro and try and come out here and earn my scholarship to be honest yeah so what what did you like did you what like did you have to dig into like dealing with you know uh a a sprints coach that wasn't really used to your training being injured and then and you're preparing for like this track season like what did you draw from to just like stay to stay the course did you think about yeah like you're saying you went back to your bag that you that you built up from like um the trials at roosevelt uh at that but no but at that point that was different bro that was different like that was like i say the first my senior year was the first time like i was really frustrated at track like senior year when I had all those uh, that those troubles with like the coaching choosing if I was to be sprints or distance and then beyond like you either gotta choose the sprint side you're either with us or against us that's what it felt like and then freshman year especially like going in cross country to track like that things like I remember going to Thanksgiving then like winter break and everything and going into that track season that was like the first time I just did not like running to be honest like that's that's the best way to to look at it and definitely looking back like that was the first time like I going to practice like I did not like like I felt like I always like had on a happy face to be honest like I was always there like for the guys and everything like I was I was I was ready to go out there and train like I was still trying to PR every single day like I was putting my best effort but that was the first time where I was like bro I do I do not want to be out here right now I just felt like the training wasn't wasn't for me it wasn't it wasn't going my way especially and then it was definitely a mix among like other things you could you could say but like it was just the energy and everything just wasn't 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 right so like that was really just like a struggling uh time for me and then 
I guess on I wouldn't say on top of it being away from home, but that probably did play into effect as well. So that's when I really had to just like shoot, uh, like dig deep into God as well, and really just like do like try and try and just try and find like real like happiness and like the little things, especially at that time as well. Yeah, no, yeah, that's crazy. You say that it's a lot to take on, like being a fresh, being your freshman year. There's just a lot of changes that you're going through just being by yourself, like you're getting a different type of workload in school. And then you have to deal with two different coaches. You got injured. I remember you got pneumonia as well. And that was all, that all happened in the fall. That all happened in the fall. I was like, this man went on one run with us and got pneumonia, bruh. I was like, what? (laughs) I was like, no, y'all don't understand. Like y'all need to, pneumonia was horrible. Pneumonia was horrible. But then also, what I didn't mention, like, I remember that in the cross-country season, at the beginning of cross-country season, there was 12 men on our team. At the end of cross-country season, there was six. So those six people, they either transferred or they quit running at that time. And so, like, that was, like, tell you, like, I didn't like running at that time. That was also the first time I realized that, like, bro, you can quit this sport. Like, people really be out here quitting. Like, I didn't really, like, you always hear about it because we've been doing club tracks. So, like, we've heard, I've seen people, like, quit and stuff like that. But then at that, like, collegiate level, I feel like everybody, well, I feel like, especially in my eyes, going into college, and this may just be, like, the bright-eyed me going in, ignorance is bliss, you know, you you just thinking, like, bro, everybody out here striving for that same goal. Like, we're all trying to get the NCAAs one day. You feel me? Like, we all trying to do that. But especially when you had a lower end. When you're at a lower end D1 or you at a D2 or especially now that I'm at a JC, you understand that everybody ain't trying to ain't trying to grind like that. Everybody no. ain't trying to trying to grind like that. And so when you realize that like people can actually quit and and you can actually quit and you realize that you don't really like running, like bro, it's low key, it's a frustrating time. It's it's really just a struggle to be it's honest. A, it's a challenge to yourself what you go what you going to do cuz yeah. I mean, definitely in college, like, that's when I feel like, I mean, people quit in high school, but yeah, like you said, like, it's college, especially it's like a, a D1, but I feel like yeah. in college, that's when you, you you feel like if you made it that far, like, you're you're all in, right? But, yeah, you know, people people just have different agendas. It's not everything to, to everyone, and I don't know if it, it should ever actually just be, be everything, because, yeah, college is mm-hmm. about preparing for that next step and possibly preparing for life without 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 running you know it's a time to develop yourself but yeah that 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 was a tough freshman year for you and you ended up uh like you said you weren't enjoying it when you decided to to leave i mean there there were some other things that contributed to that but what was it like having having to leave CSUN, when did you know, like, all right, there's no way I can come back here? There was just really, it was one thing I wasn't happy there. And there's also disagreements with coaching as well. And then with, with my coach at the time. And so that just, once once that was happening and once we got to the end of the season, I was all like, yeah, bro, I'm not I'm not coming back. That's pretty, pretty much, like, I, I'm not, I'm not coming back. I, I really I really wanted to be there for four years, to be honest. Like, I wanted to graduate from CSUN in four years. I didn't really feel like I needed the red shirt track or anything, just be four years and try, try and run beyond and everything like that, see how far I can go there. 
But at one point, it was just all like, yeah, bro, I'm, I'm not coming back. I would much rather uh, bounce back to Mount Sac next year and then get go to get somewhere better because I wasn't I wasn't running the time. I did in the PR and I ran 158 that year. So I did PR by one second. And so I was I knew that I was I was definitely stronger than I was before, or at least faster. I was quicker than, than I was before. But now I just need to build up even I, I wasn't still didn't have that same fitness as I wanted. So I knew that if I bounce back to Mount Sac, I, I I think I could get it right to be honest. And what was what was your did you what was your mentality going into Mount Sac? Did you ever see yourself like, you know, like you going to a JC? You since like were you since like a kid or just like it's in high school or uh, just in general? Or yeah, even then, like, did you ever like reflect back and just was like, this is not, this is not what i planned bro i was just thinking about this the other day like to, to think uh like if you were to tell like ask 10 year old me like where do you think you're gonna be when you're 20 years old there's probably some i probably wrote something like that when i was 10 years old you know like i would have probably said bro i'm at usc right now uh running like 147 in the 800 in my in my third year and like about to kill it and go to the 2020 tokyo olympics like that would have been that's what i would have said 10 years old so being at a JC, especially, is definitely uh, not what I expected, but I think it's definitely what I needed. And now, I mean, just to be at the, maybe just to be at the JC level, but especially, like, to find, to, like, meet with Coach O and, like, to be in his type of training, I think especially has helped me so much. And then even just to be on, like, this team as well, I would say, it's just, I think, helped me so much and gained me a, a new appreciation for running, too, and, I found a little bit, found a, found a love that I finally had for it again, especially since like, um, since like sophomore, junior, since like junior year, to be honest, of high school. What is like the, what's the biggest thing about, about the Jugo, Juco that's different? Like you were saying like, you know, people were quitting on CSUN. What, what's it like? What's it like at a, at a Juco? What's the, what's the energy like? What's the vibe? I think the biggest, well, on JUCO especially, there's still there is still the quitting. There is the still the quitting. There is still the quitting. People, people that are there just to be there. People that are there just to have fun. Not not really there to really get to that next level. The biggest difference is knowing that you're at a JUCO. I think that's the best way to put it. The biggest difference is knowing that you're there, knowing that you're behind, and knowing that you have to play catch up. And if you're good at that level, if you're if you're running great times, you're all like, yes, I I can beat this D1 dude. I'm gonna beat this D12 because I have this extra chip on my shoulder. They don't they're not expecting anything from me right now. And it's really like definitely if you're one of the best and you compete compete with them in cross country or track, you're really just trying, you're trying to earn your stripes day in and day out, I would say. Yeah, I feel like you gotta be hungry to be at a JUCO. Especially if someone the people that are actually out there trying to make it to the next level, like they're hungry. Whereas if, mm. like some of the times when you go to like a D1, D2 or whatever, like these people already feel like they made it, you know, and they're, they're there to get, they're there to get their degree. But if you were Juco, you trying to make it to the, you trying to make it to the next level, not just for yeah. running, but also, yeah, maybe you're trying to get run faster so you get a little extra money so you can run at that next level. Like you still got that hunger that you would have in high school when you're at the Juco. So by the time you get there, you're older, you're stronger more matured like you, you you didn't you weren't living in paradise you weren't living yeah. in paradise yet so when you get there it, it, it's definitely it's it's time 
let's go to work. But yeah, you get to Mount Sac and it's time to go to work. And like you were saying, you were enjoying your time with Coach O, uh, great, great coach, great reputation all around. Um, and you, you, you have like one race, you're starting to see success and you feel like you're going to pop off. And like, again, man, COVID happens. And it feels like every, every year, every year, like when you start gaining some progress, something, something happens, a struggle hits. How did, how, what was, what was it like then knowing that you lost that season, especially you were thinking like you wanted one year run fast and get out. And now you're going to have to stay for another full year now and you're doing your thing. What's it been like? Uh, dude, it was I, that was I when that when we got the news too uh, of that day, like I remember we we're gonna we're, was it just a recovery? I think it was just a recovery run, and we just got our new stadium too at Mount Sac. And if you guys know Mount Sac, uh, Mount Sac, we were gonna have the Olympic trials there in twenty twenty. The Olympic trials were going to be at Mount Sac, like they were announcing that like in twenty sixteen, but then they got moved to back to Eugene. But like we just got our new into the new stadium, into the new lockers, and able to run onto the new track and everything. Like it was so exciting, it's such an exciting time. And like on that day that they told us this news, it was like the same day like the NBA like closed down, probably like a day before. And like it was pouring rain outside that day, bro. Like pouring Stop. rain, like the most depressing day like yeah. ever, bro. And I was thought like when I heard that news, it was it kind of just didn't really hit me. And I was like, bro, like what's what's the next step? Like, what's the next step? I knew I still didn't have the times that I really wanted because I want I want to get money and go to the next level and keep on running. Like, I don't want to just keep on running to really I, – I love running, but I don't want to just keep on running to run. Like, I, I, I feel like I really – I want to really earn it this time and really want to be somewhere where coaches want me to be there. If I think Aaron, especially like I want to, I want to, I want to be somewhere where people want to like want me there and want and want to cater towards me as well. So I know I gotta have the times to do that. So it was really, yeah, it was it was devastating, bro. It was devastating, and it's still kind of now. It's kind of just all like seeing more COVID cases like every single week in like a well, just in general, COVID cases go up every single week, and then to see COVID cases go up and like college football and they're having to cancel games. I'm all like, bro, are they going to have this what about in track season? Will they care enough to even do a track season? We already see track and field teams getting cut left and right. Will the cease where the California Community College Association like care enough to have a track season if they if there's fear of kids getting COVID? Like it's just I it's, I, I don't know if I made the right choice to come back for the next year, but I know all I know is that this spring I'm gonna run fast times no matter what. I, that's how I feel at least right now, especially like I'm gonna run fast times and track this year, this spring to get to that next level because that's what I've been trying to do for the past two years here at Mount Sac. Where, where does that where does that confidence come from? That just comes from bro. Just honestly, it comes from just doing the work, bro. Doing doing the work because this has been like. These past two years, well, this past year, I would say, year and a half, have been, like, the best training blocks I have. I've only, besides, like, taking days off, I think I've only missed, like, uh, four days. And, like, knock on wood, like, I don't I don't miss more. But, like, I've only missed, like, four days. And remember Jordan Mann in our last episode, he was like, take this down. Like, if you want to be a runner, you keep on running. Like, consistency is key. And I really do believe that. 
putting like those constant days back to back to back and then having like having a good double at the beginning of the season where like I seen I, I seen like myself running much faster than I could have that day is all like there's I just feel like it's a matter of time, bro. I just feel like I want to I want to drain all the potential I have in myself. And I just feel like it's a matter of time now. How do you stay? How do you stay patient? Like with all these setbacks, all these frustrations, different coaches, injuries. How do you stay patient throughout it all? Uh, just hope, hope, honestly, hope and faith. But I actually like tweeted something out about this the other week that like, like dreams and dreams and hope is like the greatest thing about life. Like it makes life tolerable. It makes us get up every single day and be a little better dreams and hope. But when like, when you have to put your hope on the line, when you finally have to step to the line in that track race and run that 800, when you have to finally, when you hear the news that your cross country season's canceled or your track season's canceled, like when your hope is on the line and you feel like it's getting taken away or you feel like you have to finally like put that hope into action, it's terrifying. But I feel like the easiest part is hoping for it. So just being able to hope and look to the better day each day and then getting in that rhythm. Like, honestly, I don't like it's that's that's the best thing about track and field, the lead up. Like the lead up, I feel I I love the lead up. I love the summer training, the summer summer training. Like when you're one day like by yourself training every single day, doing long runs by yourself. I love doing that during the summer. It's really I love just having that hard work mentality and dreaming about on your ten mile run crossing the line, winning state in the eight hundred. Like I, I I love dreaming of those days, but then getting to the line is just the cherry on top at the end of the day. Yeah, cause. You know, I mean, putting your hope in a line, like, like, yeah, it, it can be scary, but that's the best part. That's what, that's what we're preparing for. You know, yeah, that's a cherry on top. Yeah, it, it really is. It's a cherry on top. That's what you put in all that work for to have a chance to put everything you hope for on the line and, and put it, put it out there. You know, and yeah. just push your and, and just push yourself. But that that's the chance that you get. But we're getting. We're getting uh, pretty far in. We're about an hour into the pod, but we're about to close up. But one thing, uh, I feel like we talk about this all the time, and you know, as we come to the closeout questions, uh, the running, the running report. You know, we just talked about so many things like through your running career that that kind of shaped you uh, mm-hmm. to who you are. I don't know if everyone here listening had that background of of your running, but with all of that going on, all those trials, because running has been your main focus, you did Rosie Project, and now you you started the started the running, the running report. Uh, what is what is the future of the running report? What is your and what is your goal for it? Um, my my immediate feature my 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 immediate uh, future of the running report is to really just get more content out. Is to get more content out. And to be the running media outlet, like we already said, for the culture and by the culture and to give you guys something like different every single week. Like I, I wanted to be that ESPN, Fox New, Fox, Fox Sports, um, anything like that that's not seeing the running world and especially seeing like black faces or uh, diverse faces on the screen talking about running. And especially 
and then down the line in the big picture is the one day have athletes talking about running as well in this type of way. Because I feel like we just don't see that enough unless we're watching the Olympics or NCAA finals or something like that. That's the only time we really get an athlete's opinion. But if we can get someone that can be a Jalen Jacoby, that can be uh, that can be Marcus Spears or Ryan Clark and talk about like their field of specialty, I feel like that would bring running to, to the next level. So the running report is really just about trying to bring running to the next level. And I know we're still, I'm 20 years old and like, I'm no, I know I'm 20 years old and we still got 4,000 followers on Instagram and we're losing followers on YouTube because we're not posting that much. But like the same thing, I know I'm 20 years old. I know we have 4,000 followers on Instagram. I know we're losing followers has because we don't post as much as YouTube, but there's still so much time to go. Like we're still in our infancy. Like we're still three years into YouTube, one year into Instagram, and there's a long way. And honestly, like I, I just can't wait for the day ones to really just grow with me. And bro, this is another thing. I feel like I'm rambling though. This is another thing. Like I always feel like when I see people in my city in Eastville, because I run on the trail like every single day and I'm able to see like an old childhood friend or like uh, a, someone that coached me like in football or, or, or football when I was younger or a teacher and they see me like doing these runs on the trail. I always, that's kind of like motivates me because those are like people that are day ones in a sense that they're able to see me as a kid and I want to live up to that potential that I feel like they all had for me. I feel like they've all they, they want to see me go big. They want me. They want to see me get, I don't know about famous, but they want to see me be successful and whatever I do. And so even if that's not end up being in the running report, if that ends up just having a family and stuff like that, I want I want to be successful and, and drain as much potential as I can out of me. That's what that's where I really want to go to the running report. So with the running report, drain as much potential as I can with this and just bring running to the next level on that on that journey as well what would you say like through all your experiences from running to to youtube to the instagram running report like what is like the biggest thing you feel like you've you've learned from you know the trials you've gone through and from like the projects that you've started and had successes in because a lot of people i mean yeah, you're you're a runner, and like you, you talk about all these things that have happened and that you haven't like accomplished yet. But a lot of people would say, with what you've done with YouTube, running report, and two bike runners, like at the age of twenty is 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 amazing. But what what do you feel like is like the the biggest thing that you've learned about yourself? And yeah, what's the biggest thing you've learned about yourself? And, and what's the biggest thing like you've grown like grown out of your character? The biggest thing that I've just learned in, in general, especially, is just like if you want to do something, like do it. Uh, I, I would say, like if you if you want to get something done, if that's if you want to like go for your dream, you gotta just just go for it. And like it doesn't matter what anybody really says about it or is, thinks it's cringy or something. Like people are always gonna say stuff is cringy at the beginning, especially if you're trying to be like great or anything. Like everything has to be cringy at one point, I feel like. It, it, it has to be, and cringy is funny. Cringy is funny, I feel like. But I think especially what I learned is like, if you really like want something, if you wanna 
if you wanna if if you wanna really like dream and go for something like go do it bro if you if you wanna be a, a lawyer go go do it if you if you wanna do YouTube go do it and number one thing is like to go do it go actually try and attempt it whichever bad equipment you have or bad shoes you have or anything if you don't have the right resources to do it just get it started and running get it started going but then number two thing is like consistency like i think that's something that's super important and that's often not talked about people always say like keep like, keep a good habit but just saying like the word consistency like being consistent can really like change a lot because at one point it's going to be all like if i'm not doing this i just feel weird it's all like if yeah. i'm not putting that two black runners podcast out every single week it kind of just feels weird now like that's that's how it feels if i'm not posting a runner report instagram at least like two this week i'm, I'm gonna feel weird and i'm gonna feel like i'm not doing what i'm supposed to be doing so like i think consistency and just doing what do whatever you want and I think the biggest thing I learned is that like I, I kind of I don't have like a limit to what I can do and that there's still a lot that needs to be done. I think I, I, yeah, I think yeah. I would yeah, say that. I agree. No, I think having that having that routine is important and like I feel like what I've seen from you and what I learned from you too is just like you're moving with intention. Like you're saying like you know like it's sometimes hard to figure out what you want but like once you start figuring out what you want or you have an idea of the life that you're trying to live to move to move with intention um mm -hmm. in in every everything you do and yeah like you're saying develop that habit that it feels yeah. it feels it feels weird when you're not doing what you're supposed to do and and that's that's a good place that's a good place to be to know what you're supposed to be doing you know because you're yeah. moving you're moving with attention towards a towards a goal um but last question because you kind of answered all the closeout questions for us what advice like with all the injuries you had and the potential you had going into high school and that, that you still have what what advice would you give to anybody dealing with injuries and, and setbacks but they're still trying to accomplish their goal mm, the biggest advice would be just like don't don't give up i would say uh don't don't give up i think i think especially me and i feel like all of us all our brothers i i like like when i was saying earlier i didn't realize that you could really quit running quit this thing i always dreamed i didn't realize you can quit it until i got to college until i was uh people 19 really years old. Out here. <laughs> people really couldn't people really wow. couldn't it's uh i would say just don't quit if you fit if you face any setback and this is something that you you've wanted to do like it maybe you, it's not what you want to do like right now like in this current moment this isn't the thing that you want to do but if this is your dream if this was your dream at one point in your life you have strong feelings for this dream like this is something that you want to accomplish it may not feel it right like it right now but nobody told you that you're going to feel like this for the rest of your life no one told you that this is going to be perfect like nobody told you it's going to be easy so like, I think the number one thing is like to don't quit, like get to that next day, get to that next, get to that next minute, get to that next hour, get to the next and then keep on going, I, I would say. Hey, and y'all heard it, y'all heard it here first, CEO of Running Report, creator of Two Black Runners, creator of Rosie Project, Joshua <laughs> Potts. 
that's all we really got for you. It was a longie, but it was a goodie. That, that's for the this one is for the real ones, really. But make sure you all check out the vlogumentary coming out Joshua's out. season of uh 2019 to 2020 cross country. Uh, before we go, Joshua, say something about the say something about the vlogumentary too, though. Like you know, like what do people got to expect? What are they gonna see? Dude, I think they're gonna they're gonna see like the grit of uh JUCO cross country, bro, and just see like people really pursuing their dreams and putting everything that they have on the line. They're really gonna see something different that they've never seen before, especially on YouTube. Cause I think we've all seen like a documentary like series before, if that be from Netflix or uh, even for running be from Flowtrack. But just having like this little like log thing to it, it's I think it's just something different. It could be something it's gonna be it's gonna be something that gets better with each episode going on and on like i promise you with that like it's definitely the beginning of something new and i hope that we get to do this for a couple more seasons i want to do more with the vlogumentary i want to go bigger and better uh and years down the road and yeah i think it's going to be something that is going to be a staple in the running report for years to come hopefully i think it's gonna be something new and popping Yes, sir. I just can't wait for the vlogumentaries once you get that Scully to that D1. Y'all got to be ready for that. But That could be different. That could be different right there. Yes, sir. It's on the horizon. But all right, y'all. Thank you. Thanks again for tuning in. And as always, if you, if you tuned in this far into the podcast, you truly are a homie. And you're most likely yes, a day one. Go check that out on Running Report. We're going to have the link in the bio for y'all. But yeah, thanks again for just tuning in, y'all. And we'll see y'all next week, maybe on a Tuesday. But we're going to have a call <laughs> for you for sure, y'all. So for peace sure, out. Sure. All love.